What's up, Livestock Live? This is Holiday Splitter from California. Hello, my name is Steven Shin. I am from San Andreas, California. Hello, Livestock Live. My biggest accomplishment is winning showmanship in Louisville and winning showmanship in Arizona Nationals this past year. The best part about showing for me is going to all the different fairgrounds and all the different cities and meeting all the new people. Thank you. Bye. My biggest accomplishment is winning showmanship three days in a row at Cal Palace. What's up? Welcome to Livestock Live. Today we have Kyle O'Dell and Isaac Lewis. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, wasn't able to get on the last one, and uh, I apologize for that. We got caught up doing some stuff, and um, I'm excited to be here. Um, it should be fun. I- I'm glad our guests, I'm, I'm very happy he came on. Um, what about you, Isaac? How you doing, man? Man, I'm pretty good. I'm uh, kind of running around and uh, just had a – a baby uh, checkup with my wife and everything looks good. And I'm super pumped. Uh, June can't come any faster. So uh, yeah, we got, we got a pretty good guest on today. Um, Steve, Kyle, you guys want to introduce them or do you want me to introduce them or? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I got them. Um, so on today, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have him on as uh, Noah Typen. Um, I know he's from Klamath Falls, Oregon, but um no, why don't you uh, say what's up and and hey, what's going on, guys? I'm uh, uh I'm excited to be on today. I'm I'm glad you guys uh, had me on and and asked me to be here. Um, first time ever doing a podcast, something that I've never really done before, and and something that I usually don't do in my free time listening to them. Um, so so I'm excited, to kind of get my first podcast experience going, and uh, excited to talk a little bit about pigs and and whatever else is in store. So I'd just like to recap a little bit about um, this weekend. You know, it was one of the, probably one of the bigger shows on, on the West Coast. I know that there's a lot of people from Oregon. There's a lot of Arizona people came down for Bonanza. Um, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on that whole overall, overall show, Noah? And then, uh, and then Kyle, you can answer after. Oh, Bonanza was great this year, and and just like every year, I've always been, I've always been a pretty big fan of of going down there to Paso Robles and and going to that event center. Um, probably more than anything, my my family's and my fam personal family loves going down there um, solely for the fairgrounds and environment itself. You know, it's it's an easy place to be. It's easy to to go from your hotel to a restaurant to the barn um just the easy easy weekend that's usually really fun and so we've been going to that deal for a handful of years now um just like any other year i thought it was a good show good turnout good pigs always good judges and um just kind of a little more unique jackpot i guess from the standpoint of having having it be a um you know college college ran by college kids and that that always makes it just a little more interesting, a little more fun, and, and maybe even a, a little more important uh, in, in that regard. But, but no, I thought Bonanza this year was good, um, and it always is something that we look forward to every year. Yeah, it's um, one of our family's favorite shows that we go to, and I've been going to it since, I mean, Jack started when he was 11 with Ernest, and 
And it's always been the one where we've kind of tried to get some pigs for and try to go compete. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out because there's, there's some good pigs and it's always super competitive. Um, I thought it was great. I mean, if you told me that I had to go run a show like those college kids, I'd tell you no way. I thought they did a very good job. Um, there was also the sale there. I thought that was pretty cool. They do a good job with that. Um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, it's, it's one of our favorites. The weather wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And, um, it's pretty, it was a pretty exciting show for our crew. I unfortunately, uh, wasn't able to make it, but I will tell you growing up and going to that show, uh, this last, this, uh, last Western Bonanza was probably the first one I've missed in a very long time. And, uh, oh, it looks like I need to put my seatbelt on here. Um, but what I think is really unique about that deal is the kids that are standing at each barn and they offer to help you unload your trailer when you get there. And they offer to help you load your trailer when you leave. I think that is like way cool. I mean, um, you know, we try not to show, uh, you know, in barns, you know, the least we can just because you have to unpack everything. Um, but man, when there is shows that you have to show out of your trailer, it is, it is nice to have their help because it does take some time and, you know, people to, to help you get set up. So that is cool. Yeah. I, um, I couldn't agree more with, with that, that part of it. I think that, um, you know, the, the work there, the, the, that the kids do and put on is, is second to none. And not only just unloading and loading trailers, but as far as, um, their help with that sale, um, they did a really good job there too. They, they took pigs from point A to point B from the sale barn over to the the show barn area they they put baby pigs in trailers they they were very good um at making sure that everybody left there happy and and with kind of a positive experience and and um just making sure things get kind of ran smoothly and and even if they didn't and there were more than enough hiccups there at that show um just like any show um but just their ability to kind of keep things together and and keep everybody happy is is extremely good down that way I was super pleased with that show. I, I've went a couple years now and most of the time we go down there and freeze. And, uh, you know what? I will take that little bit of rain and that like 60 degree high over, uh, those 28 degree mornings any day, you know, it's been, it's been extra cold down there, but I thought that the show was great. I thought that, I thought that the judges were cool. I thought, uh, you know, I actually like it a good deal when there's a whole bunch of different species there. And um, we took my my son's best friend and he's a cattle kid. So he went and watched showmanship at the cattle barn and he had a great time. But no, I think that I think Bonanza was was very, very good all the way around. Um, so. Noah, you spend a ton of time in California, even though you're from Oregon. Have you considered getting a house down here? Uh, no, not, not in a million years. Have, will I consider, have I considered getting a house down that way? And that's, I mean, that's not, not meant to be taken in a bad way. And, and I know that I got a lot of friends and a lot of um, customers and people down there and, and uh, you know, it's nothing against them. I, I personally, and what it comes down to is, the is heat and weather um I, I never did well in the heat i like being uh in a kind of more mild environment and and um and this is where my family is you know klamath falls and 
And so I, I'm, I'm probably going to stick around here for, for a very long time. Um, as far as me being down there is concerned, you know, I'm only 30 minutes from the California border. So it's really not, um, not much of a stretch for me and not something that I've ever, you know, kind of looked at and gone, Oh, the, we got a show in California. That's going to be a long ways because it, it really isn't, um, all that far, uh, at least in my mind, it's not. And, and, um, and I like going down there. Um, you know, people are always good down that way. I think that the, the competition at shows, um, is very good in, in the, the people that like to buy pigs, show pigs, get them ready. That kind of a deal has always been excellent uh, in the state of California. So getting down there and and being around those kinds of people, I think, has always been been really important to me and, and important to uh, a lot of the families that I help. Just um, go down that way, try to get the best competition you can, um, be around the best people you can, and, and have fun showing pigs. Hey, uh, Noah, what, what if – would you ever consider moving down this way if your family opened up one of their restaurants here? Um, you know, I guess that would be. That <laughs> I would mean, be, I, I, I've eaten the Typen family's food before, and it's off the charge. Uh, you know, like, um, I believe it was the first year at the Audible. Um Yep. When your dad was barbecuing some short ribs out back there behind the barn, and uh, I mean they had they had a big old spread, man. I ran over there and ate a few of those, and he hooked me up with some dinner. And then you know being at Oregon State Fair, hanging out with you guys, like the man can cook. I mean the food is phenomenal. So I don't yeah. know if them opening up a restaurant down here would uh, you know persuade you and kind of help that decision a little bit. Yeah. It. I would like to say that it would, but if I'm being real with myself and real with you guys, it 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 would not affect me at all whatsoever. I there's just a there's this weird little part of me that just does not care to live in in California as as much upside as it has, and, and as many uh, good people that I know down there uh, that I'd be a lot closer to. I I know that this this is where I want to be <laughs> in in, Cl- in Klamath Falls. Yeah, well, I just I wanted to throw that in there. Shout out to your uh, your family oh, yeah. for being damn good cooks. We pre- we appreciate it, absolutely. All right, Kyle. I've yet to have the food, but I've I've always heard it's very good. Um, You're missing out. So, yeah, that's what I've been told. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you're deeply involved in livestock and and breeding, fitting, finding pigs, all this stuff. Um, where did you start, man? Like, how'd you? How'd you come up with this and how'd you get into it? How'd your family get into it? I know like your brother and your sister did a very good job. Um, like how, where did it all, where did it all come from? Yeah, it, I'll just, uh, I guess I'll start from the, from the beginning and just try to tell the somewhat condensed version of my story. Um, I was the very first one in my family to, to really get involved with, um, with show stock. Uh, you know, my, I had a grandpa that, uh, like like to raise sheep and some other family members that did uh, you know small time F, uh, FFA and 4-H projects uh, back in high school and stuff like that but um, I was the first one that that just randomly said I wanted to to try to raise pigs and so um, you know we started off very very humble beginnings we um, we bought pigs when I was a fourth grader for uh, $75 a head and we bought them um, from a guy I can't remember his name uh, it was the first couple of years, and um, 
these were just your regular Duroc hemp crosses. They're belted red down-eared pigs. And uh, so at some point in time, I probably should post a picture of some of those things because they are um, they're awfully interesting to kind of go back and, and go back on and kind of go, wow, that's where we started. Um, from there, we had a couple, a handful of years that um, we just went to fair, um, did the regular 4-H deal, just county fair, no other jackpot shows. And, and we did um average to below average at our first our first handful of years and and um kind of in the pursuit of being more competitive and doing better we we went and bought some some higher quality pigs from a couple different places uh up here in Oregon um some kind of smaller breeders but uh just had better pigs and uh did that for a couple of years and again that was just strictly county fair stuff um and then when I was in middle school, I started getting really interested in in um, in pigs and show pigs, and that was when I started spending a lot of time on on Google, just looking at show pigs online, going on on uh, like show pig and other websites just to look at a bunch of pigs. Um, I was kind of obsessed with them when I was a middle, middle schooler. Um, so then from there, we bought. Uh, we bought a couple gilts that were the Grand and Reserve gilts at our county fair, and uh, we tried to do the whole breeding deal when I was in middle school, and um, that was that kind of turned out to be a little bit of a failed experience. Um, anyway, long story short, after we failed there and and we're out what would have been our fair pigs, uh, we kind of got on the horn and started calling some other bigger breeders, and then um, got a hold of a couple of our very first uh, higher quality show pigs. Um, and actually it's kind of, kind of funny. One of the very first like true show pigs that were, were bred with um, some quality were actually from Bob May himself. Um, and then that's kind of where the whole thing kickstarted. And every single year after that, we started to go to jackpots um, and then slowly, but surely uh, between me and my, my brother and my sister, we, we just tried to be as competitive as we possibly could. And we, and we worked really hard through high school and, um, and then, yeah, that, that's kind of where the whole show career thing um, took off and started um, was, was essentially for me just being an obsessed 11 year old on the, on the internet, looking at show pigs. You've uh, growing up, you had some, you had some pretty big wins with, with you and, and your brother and your sister can you tell us about about some of those and maybe the story, you know, story about some of those trips just as as growing up and and being younger and that kind of thing? Uh yeah, we we really had a we had an awesome time. Um my family did um kind of cruising around the the West Coast and and eventually trying to go to some of those um national shows and and major shows and um that was that was a blast. It really was. And and unfortunately for me, I I was, I was aged out and done by the time I felt like we were fully, you know, fully understood how to get them right and fully dialed in um, for a bigger show. And, and I, I want to say it was my freshman year of college or, or maybe my senior year in high school was the first time we had um, hung some banners at a bigger show, which at the time, you know, I thought, I thought Arizona was, was the pinnacle of show pigs when I was, you know, 16, I thought that's where, um, kind of where it, be- where it began and, an- and ended. And, um, I, I do, I think it was my freshman year of college 
um, my brother and sister, um, and I think even I had had a couple very good ones, and and that was really when we felt like we finally knew what we were doing. And I think that year, our first year winning stuff, I want to say we had the champion Duroc and and York and uh, champion Lightweight and Chester. I mean, there was a we had a very very good year and. And I mean, yeah, th- those are the kind of memories that you'll you'll make in the show pig thing and, and especially some of these younger families that have yet to get going and get rolling and, and go and experience those kinds of things. Um, you stick with it and work hard and, and the wins will come and they'll you'll win as much as you lose, if not more losing than winning. But um, no, it, it's a good time travel traveling across the country with your family. I mean, there's no to me, no better way spent um, spent with with your family than to be traveling to all these shows. Yeah, I mean, I, I think doing this with your family is the most important thing. Um, uh, we always love to do it. Um, you were saying you were, like, started to get into college. Like, what did you do after high school? Where did you go? How'd that all uh, play out? Right, so uh, so right after after high school, um, about somewhere there in my senior year, uh, when it finally hit me and I finally realized that I was not going to make any money or not getting college paid for uh, playing football, um, once that happened, I, I was kind of, I don't want to say clueless on what I wanted to do, but, um, for the longest of time, we were a big football family and I, I always thought that I was going to play football forever. And, um, once I realized that was not going to happen for me, um, like I kind of ventured into the idea of, of, uh, doing the livestock judging deal, um, which I never did in high school. I, I wasn't on a FFA judging team. We, I didn't do that very often. I think, my advisor forced me to do it one time, if that with no practice. Uh, so it was kind of a, a wild hair. And then I got pushed by a couple very good people um, here in Oregon and encouraged by a couple very good people and mentors here to me um, to, to try to go to Lynn Benton Community College and, um, and join the livestock judging team there, uh, which that's, that's where I went my freshman and sophomore year and um, had a giant learning curve uh straight up learning curve uh essentially of just going from one of the worst livestock um evaluators in terms of reasons that some of those coaches had ever seen to uh to ultimately being one of the better ones there um after the first couple years so you you judged our county fair and one of the things i liked about uh about you judging was that you were, you know, first of all, you were amazing to all of the kids. And then you're very well-spoken and your reasons were very, they're very fluid, I guess. And um, so with that, you ended up being on the third overall team with Chico State at Louisville. Can you tell us about that trip and, and what it was like to be that successful at, at a national show? Yeah, that was, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the better memories uh, of my life really um I guess it, it just it means a whole lot more to you um going out there being a smaller school that for whatever reason people in the midwest and up that way they do take a little less seriously um but to go out there as kind of an underdog is and then do do what we did I think is 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 very very um, a very big deal and something that we'll kind of always remember and, and cherish that whole entire experience, I guess that whole last, I want to say four months. I know you asked about just that week and that trip. Um, 
but it's really those three, four, five months leading into Louisville that um, we got pushed extremely hard, and and it was it was pretty taxing on your, uh, you know, not on your well being, but um, just taxing on you mentally and, and physically. You know, um, it, it's a, a practice every single day, and when you're not practicing, you have to be self practicing um, every single day. And and the the really fun part about that team was uh, the vast majority of us took that deal extremely serious. Um, and even on those days we didn't practice, everybody was still um, doing some form of practice on their own. And so once we'd get out there, um, out there to Louisville and surrounding areas to practice, um, it, it was, it was hardcore. Not a lot of, uh, not a lot of sleep, not a lot of fun and games, um, pre- pretty serious. Um, granted, I do say not a lot of fun and games. We had a blast with each other. I mean, those, those drives in the van, um, with those those other people on my team, I and mean, we had a had a dang good time. It was a it was it was a great experience, really. All righty. So uh, the next question we have um, here on our sheet, Noah, is we have a lot of kids ask about judging teams and so forth. Can you tell us a little bit um, on how that shaped you today, um, and as a producer in our industry and mentoring um, kids, you know, through these jackpots and, and selling livestock. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a big question. You know, I think we, I mean, we could get stuck on on this topic for a long time, or at least I could. I, I know I find myself talking about uh, the livestock judging deal a lot um, to a, to a lot of different uh, people my age, older, younger. Um, what I I guess what I kind of say for the, for kids in in the the shorter roundabout version, um, doing the livestock judging program um, in college. I think as, as it pertains to being a producer, being somebody that, that feeds and sells show pigs or show stock, whichever one um, is, is kind of your forte. Um, it, I don't want to say it's essential, but I think it helps in, in so many different ways. And and for me, the biggest thing that, um, that I guess I can glean from the livestock judging deal is, is getting so much input and information and just being a sponge and consuming everything from so many different people, so many different influencers and breeders of all kinds of species. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I do firmly believe they all apply to each other, right? I, I don't think that uh, a champion uh, market steer is too far different than a champion market hog or uh, lamb or your, you, you know, your weather or your, or goat show. Um, you know, I think high quality stuff, um, it kind kind of comes in in similar shapes and sizes, and I think being able to go and travel and talk to this breeder that has a different outlook on things, and then another breeder that has a different outlook on things, um, and just being a sponge, taking all of that in, and and doing what you want with that information, to me is probably the biggest and most important um, piece of being part on the a part of the livestock judging team. I think. Um, there's just so much to learn in so little time. Um, and really the important part is that there's so many people that you can learn things from or have an opportunity to learn things from. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, uh, and Noah, you can probably agree with me. I mean, we're pretty close in the same age and, you know, as, as I get older, uh, you know, I, I didn't, you know, judge in high school or judge in, in, in college and, um, but but set aside from 
you know, the judging side of things, just you've said it multiple times being a sponge. I, I wish I would have taken more guys's, um, I guess, words of advice and, and really absorbed a lot of it because, you know, at, at that age, you know, you almost feel like, like you're invincible and, and you know it all. And it's like, okay, you know, you don't do things 100%. Um, and then looking back, it's like, man, I really screwed around or, you know, I didn't take this very serious where, you know, it's like, man, if you did, how much more successful would you be? You know, I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I know, you know, be, being in this industry and, and, you know, learning and listening to guys now, um, you know, being that younger age, it's like, holy heck, I, I really wish I would have focused and paid attention a little bit. Well, yeah, and, and that's that's really the, I guess, the, the point I was making is that it, it doesn't matter, I guess, if you're on the judging team or not. But for, for me, being on the judging team, you have just so many more of those opportunities. I mean, un- unless you get a, a gig fresh out of high school where you're able to travel and meet a lot of people, um, you, you wouldn't be afforded that opportunity otherwise. And so um, being on a judging team where your trip is paid for and your meals are paid for and every single day you get to talk to or, or visit new producers that are going to give you their two cents and then have a great coach that is able to to digest and break down that breeder or producer's two cents and give it, you know, deliver it to you in a, in a way that makes sense and that you can use it. Um, you know, I think that's, that's priceless. You know, I don't think you can put a price on, on, on that. And, and really, I think I learned more about livestock and, and animal science doing that than, than I ever did sitting in a classroom. I know I was pretty upset when, um, we were kind of doing the ag thing at my high school and, and they, they said they didn't have a judging team and we kind of knew that, but we tried to start one up. It didn't end up working. Um, it just always heard the experience from it was always great and, and seemed like a good time. I was able to do a couple of other things in ag, um, but during college and after graduation, obviously um, you had some great success. Tell us um, about some of those and then what made you decide to start your own business? Yeah. So, yeah, throughout throughout um, you know my my senior year of high school and kind of going into college, uh, I started helping out a, a, a lot of people um, feed and, and kind of manage their projects and and looking at pigs and helping people buy what pigs um, best suit their fares or or jackpots or counties whatever uh, whatever their needs may may have been. I did that a lot. Uh, th- throughout college and and we did have have a good deal of success and uh, uh and it did feel like a lot of shows that we went to um you know, that I went to um you know we we were able to hang some banners there and and you know that was that was a really fun time uh, of my life th- throughout college and through those years of uh, not necessarily being my own my own business or my own producer but but going around and helping people helping kids kind of achieve their goals uh, as it pertains to the show ring uh, we had I, we had a really good time doing that, and I I uh, you know obviously I got to learn a lot in those those few short years, um, uh, being being in college and helping those kids. Um, past that, once uh, you know once I kind of just hit a certain age, I felt like um, it, it was going to be uh, going to be necessary, or, or I guess I just wanted to had the drive to try to start my own deal uh, and kind of be my own person. And um, and this maybe it sounds selfish, maybe it's not. I'm I'm not. 
not too sure, but there there's something that I've always had in, inside of me that I've always wanted um, to, to kind of be proud of my own name and, and who I am and hence why, I, um, you know, when people asked me when I was going to start my own show pig deal, what I was going to, what I was going to call it. And I was like, it's obvious type, type on show pigs, you know, and that's, that's the, that's what I have to do. That's, that's my last name and we're, and we're proud of it. And, and I guess when I was younger, I kind of always had a dream or, or wanted to, um, you know, be able to, to wear my own stuff or, or your, to, you know, to wear my name on, on my own clothing, be my own brand. And, uh, that's just kind of, um, something that I've, I've always had in me. And I think it's, you know, both my parents are, are business owners and, you know, we, they've had other businesses, uh, but besides just the restaurant. And so I guess it's kind of been in my blood, uh, to, to run my own business and, and be my own thing and, and kind of, uh, just run my own ship. So I totally don't want you to take this question the wrong way. Uh, I, I think what you did is, is incredible, but age is just a number. You're not, you're not old at all when it comes to, to the whole breeder thing, but you decide to start your own business, move from Northern California to Oregon, get engaged, get married a short time later. Then she makes it into vet school all in what seems like 18 months. Maybe it's a little longer, a little shorter, but it's uh, it's not very much longer. Um, what a whirlwind that must have, have been. Can you talk about that a little bit? And then now that things are kind of like settling down just the smallest bit, can you talk about like what the future is going to look like as far as, as far as your business and all that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, it, it, it truly has been um been a pretty wild ride for the past uh, two years year and a half and you know going from uh starting my own business with with my wife and and doing that for for only a year a uh, year and a half before before we end up getting married and then her sit going off to vet school um yeah that that was a, it was a lot of work and it was a lot of stress and uh and I guess it still is but um yeah she went up and had her first day of school I want to say it was four days after our wedding so um i mean it, it was a lot of work and and we actually used i used my our property um that i have here at the house in a uh, an old hayfield um use that property to to have our wedding so that was just extra work and extra stress on top of knowing that she was leaving for vet school knowing that we were about to start farrowing and sows again and um and knowing that i was going to head into into some big pig shows and sale season um, with her being three and a half hours away. And, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been a struggle. Um, you know, we're grateful to even um, get to struggle like that. You know, it's, um, you know, it's a blessing and a curse that she's, she's at vet school. And, and, uh, you know, obviously we hope that, that that works out all the way through for the next three years. And, uh, and she's able to be, you know, um, finish out and, and be a vet. And uh, yeah, that, that part, that part's tough. But yeah, I think the the future here, um, in the next couple of years, obviously, um, we're we're gonna chug along and and get Michaela through school, and then um, and then after that, then we're we're gonna kind of grow and see how fast we can grow, or, or you know what we're comfortable with. Um, currently, we're we're finishing up some barns, and we're still in the um, you know in, in the building process. Uh, my my grandmother told me Rome Rome wasn't built overnight, and and um, I I do I think. Uh, you know take that saying to heart a little bit and we're we're just slowly but surely uh doing what we can around here and 
and um, you know putting up new buildings new structures as as we can and um, you know as the money comes and goes and um, you know slowly growing and and you know I kind of hope in in the next you know three to five years um, that we're set up to uh, comfortably and easy easily uh, easy to manage um, you know close to 100 sales try to get up to 75 maybe 100 some you know in the next five years and uh, you know, have a good chip barn, uh, maybe good sale pavilion type of a thing um, within the next couple years here. But, you know, at, at the moment, we're we're just we're small, you know, we're we're a small, regular, uh, you know, humble, um, humble firm over here. Really, it's a, it's it's nothing fancy. It's nothing special. We got a a good enough place to farrow sows, got a good enough place to, to feed and breed sows and, um, you know, nice enough barn to, to raise some good show pigs. My dude's got it going on, huh? Hold up. We're going to take a quick minute out of this interview with Noah so that we can have our exhibitor spotlight. This exhibitor spotlight is brought to you by Clifton and Warren, a proud sponsor of Livestock Live. They are located at 547 Placerville Drive, Placerville, California. They are a preferred associated feed and authorized showwright dealer. You can find Tom, Heather, and Grandma Terry at the local jackpots on the weekends and raising money for 4-H or FFA fundraisers during the week. If you don't want to bring feed to Cattlemen's, order by the 27th and they can deliver it for you. They have also secured Mormon Show Tech. If you need anything, call Clifton and Warren at 530-622-6771. We would like to thank Clifton Warren for supporting Livestock Live and all of the youth of El Dorado County. Hello, welcome to Livestock Live. We have an exhibitor spotlight today with Marissa Rawls. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. This is so fun to be on. Um, where are you from? I am from Patterson, California. Nice. So for people that don't know, Patterson's kind of, I don't know, Central Central Valley-ish. I guess you would call it like Patterson's huge in, in ag. Yeah, and, I uh, agree. You, you guys have the Delta Mendota there too, don't you? Uh, Not very sure, but possibly. Yeah. The big, like, big river thing that takes all of our water to L.A.? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, so, we were we were at Bonanza this last weekend, and you walked by with Maddie, and I was like, hey, you want to come on the podcast? And you are like, absolutely. So, I just want to say thanks. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I think this is a great opportunity for everyone, and I think it's such a big thing to be on because you get to express everything that you get to do out there in the livestock industry and I think it's just so fun to be able to talk about my passion yeah I love that I love that when people walk through the barn now um like Sadie was like Sadie was like people come up and like like congratulate me on stuff that like they didn't know that I had won or um she'd really good in the national um swine proficiency and uh so, you know, that's just the fact that I didn't know. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, what is, 
what is one of your favorite things to do outside of livestock? Um, I really haven't been doing livestock that long, but um, ever since high school began for me, I really haven't been doing anything besides um, I played one sport this year and um, it really didn't take that much time away, but I really just my family and friends outside of livestock, but livestock is really the only thing I do and it just takes a big part of life and you have to have a big commitment. Um, what achievement or what achievements have helped shape your success in as far as like the show ring goes? Well, um, ever since I started in 2021, I really started off with a bad thing, but, um, 2022 ended with a bang and I went to Arizona nationals with a very very good Yorkshire barrel and, uh, things went off and won the breed and things just, uh, blew up and, just became a big part of it. And that's where my love started to get bigger and stronger. And that's just one of the things that made me feel more confident and comfortable within the show ring and things just went big and helped me a lot. I actually remember that Yorkshire Barrow. Um, I thought that thing was really good. My son had the the reserve spot that same exact year. And uh, I thought that all of like the, the like Central California kids um, killed it that year. I think Kyle ended up winning. Uh, I think he won Guilds that year, maybe. Yeah, um, our group definitely took off that year. It was be- probably one of the best years that my- that we've been involved in with Small Town Genetics that we've really done good at Arizona Nationals. And it's just a big opportunity for all California kids to be competing there and being the spotlight of Arizona Nationals. Yeah. Um, what's your biggest show ring pet peeve? I'd have to say when people bounce. I'm not calling anyone out on this, but I think it's, it just makes me like, like they just stand out a lot because, you know, they're like bouncing a bit. And I just, I really wouldn't prefer that for a showman. That's crazy. I don't, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's a, there's a large amount of people that, that bounce. And I asked one time why they bounce. And um, they said that it was a timing, like a timing thing. And I was like, oh, like that kind of makes sense. But that's funny that that's your, that that's your pet peeve. I like it. That's a good one. Yeah. I thought it long and hard about that one. Cause many people show the same way people get down and drive their pig, but some people, you know, bounce a bit and maybe that's just cause they have to get their head up a certain way on their pig. But I think it's just one of the biggest pet peeves for me and possibly some other people. So when you judge showmanship in 10 years, don't bounce. Yeah. I, but if it looks good on that particular showman, I I'd say they'd be somewhere in that top 10, top five, but on most people, I wouldn't prefer it. So you won't single trade them, but, but you don't prefer it. Yes. I like it. So if you could put on a livestock show, what would it be what would it be called and where would it be? Um, I'd have to say like on the beach somewhere and call it the Surf's Up Classic. I mean, I really liked Maddie's and it was hard to to figure out one, but I think that would be one that I'd make up. That would be kind of crazy to show on to show on sand. Um, have you been to that Monterey show? Yes. That's pretty close to the beach. Mm-hmm. What is the best show you think and why? 
Um, I think that one's pretty hard too. I have three of mine, but I have to say probably Northern Exposure because you get to show off what you're able for three days and three different judges and they get to see three different things. And it could be one day you do terrible, the next day you do the best, and it could just be a pattern and you just get so many times to show off what you have. And, you know, there's also that's a point show. You also get to show off and do whatever it takes to be on a high level. And not many people, you know, say that that's their favorite show. But to me, I'd have to say that one just because there's so many times where you get to show with three different opinions and three different judges and people see different things all three days. That's one of my kids' favorite shows. And he said that he just loves everything about it, like the vibe and that you get to show so much. And uh, like, there's so many people that camp there and hang out there all day and like all the cattle kids and all the goat kids and, and that kind of stuff are there. He's a, he's a big fan of that also. Yeah. I really like that show. And there's just, so many fun times you know our our group is very um like big party animals like and they get to we get to do a lot of things together and I think it's so fun and that's just one of the shows where we do it the most because we're always around each other no matter what yeah it's always great unless it rains and then it sucks Mm -hmm. that's probably the biggest show where we get the most rain and that's one thing that sucks about that show (laughs) Uh, what's your ideal breeding animal and what's your ideal market animal? Like what breed and then what do they look like? Um, most people probably see me with a spot most of the time. And I'd have to say probably for my, for my breeding animal, that'd probably be one of them. And probably what I'd have to say is just a short bag, big hind leg, um, just whatever spot would usually come as. And, you know, big head, whatever all that stuff and um probably for market I'm a bit on the Yorkshire side as well and I'd say the one that from Arizona that I had two years ago I'd say that one was the perfect one I've ever had and I usually don't say that most often but I haven't been in this industry that long to say that I've had the perfect animal in my barn yet nice what's your favorite animal that you've ever had um so I just ended with a pig. Uh, he was a spot, and every time he went out, he was probably one of the best pigs I've ever owned. And probably that York that I had at Arizona that just gave me that fire that kept me in this industry and just uh, gave me all that fire to go out and succeed even, even more. Um, what is your What's your go-to wash rack song or playlist? Like, what are a couple of them? Um, like right now I'm in my era for Zach Bryan, like I kind of laid away from all the other stuff, but Zach Bryan's my main guy. And I'd have to say, um, probably like Feathered Indians and Hay Driver. And then there's just one song by Wyatt Floors. I just, I'd have to say those are my go-to. Charlie edits these all the time and he sends me, he'll like send me a text and be like, dude, everybody loves Zach Bryan. So I'm sure that I've heard his music, but I have to look him up as soon as we get off of this so that I could like figure out what this is all about. Yeah, you should listen to him. He's pretty great. And so many people have been telling me at school that they're so excited to go see his concert. And, and deep down inside, I'm like, please invite me because I really want to go and see him. I think he's so cool and his music is so great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on. And it was, it was great to to get a little bit more insight about you and hopefully when people come up 
to you in the barn. Uh, they either say like, "Hey, I'm gonna stop bouncing because I know that you don't, you don't like." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I hope that people can come up to you in the barn and say that they heard you, and you know, maybe they just cheer that much louder on the side of the ring and say that was that girl on the podcast. And I think that's really cool. So thanks very much. Thank you for having me. And now we return you to our regular scheduled program in progress. So, so Noah, I know, I know me and you have talked about this. Um, and I, I've said it to you several times, um, you know, when we've talked on the phone. And we obviously have to talk about uh, Avery Layton's Barrow uh, and the story behind that. And I will tell you, and, and I've told you before, being contending bitter on that pig at the top shelf sale uh, makes me feel like an absolute dumbass Um, because I knew, you know, I I was, I was scared, right? I was, I can remember that day. Like it was yesterday, Brandon Machado and Rex Mendoza are over at the house and I get logged in on the sale platform. And about 30 minutes before that, we end up having to have uh, dinner with my father-in-law. And me, me and Alexis, we go to dinner and, and I'm bidding on this pig and, and Brandon Machado's like, Hey, are you in? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in. And I get outbid. And obviously now I know it was you. And, uh, you know, I hit him again and he's like, man, you got to stay in on him. And then, you know, there's that point and it's like, all right, well, I guess I'm out. And then, you know, handful of months later, uh, he goes and wins, uh, the American Royal. Uh, I mean, what, what a accomplishment. And then you post, that barrel that you sold last night and that, that pig, that one wins Kansas city is the father. I mean, how badass is that? Right. And that thing was incredible. I mean, that thing looked like an absolute stud and almost looked identical to his daddy when he was a baby. The one that you posted and the one that you sold last night was a little bloomier, a little chubbier and not as green um, is the barrel that wins Kansas city. I mean, absolute badass let's hear it i want to i want to hear the story and i know like when we talked i called you and i'm like hey what what do you think and you're like i don't know isaac like uh he looks okay he's really not you know at 12 o'clock yet but we'll see and it obviously paid off so let's hear it yeah i mean that's uh yeah we we skip skip ahead a little bit on the uh you know talking about that um that boar prospect we just sold but yeah, rewinding a little to to that whole process and um and that whole story, I guess was was just a really special deal. And and you know, you you go around and you talk to to a lot of people that are real serious in the show pig deal, right? And every single one of them will tell you that in order to win a bigger show, the stars kind of have to all align, right? And everything's got to kind of come together, and um, everything has to go the right way, right? When when the pigs are that good. Um, and the water's that deep, you know, everything has to go the right way. You can get away every now and again winning a small uh, county or small jackpot show with a great pig that isn't eating or with a, a decent pig that had a decent day. And, the and you know, you, that, that happens. But to win a bigger show, um, everything just seems like it has to go your way. And, and from from the time we bought that pig to the time he got in the show ring, uh, it did just feel like everything went uh went our way with with that particular barrow um and the, the funny the funny part is i know that one um we call him cartman so I'll, I'll refer to him as cartman that's that was his name um 
he had a pretty special litter mate, um, a belted one kind of similar to the one I just sold uh, when he was selling there at the top shelf sale. And um, that was a very special looking pig. And I, I think he sold for 30 or 35, a thousand or something. And uh, everyone was watching that one and he kind of had everyone's attention. Um, and for me, I was like, man, there's this one that no one feels like looking at. He's always kind of half screaming in the back. He's a little greener, but man, he's got all the, all the pieces to be a good pig. Um, and his litter mate, the one that is further along a little bloomier, um, looks like an absolute hammer. I was like, we need to get this, this cheaper one bought. Um, and we did. And, um, you know, from there, uh, and this is an even funnier deal. And I don't know how many people I've told this, but, um, you know, obviously we could have got him hauled with, with Bob Mayer or someone like that, but, um, he hitched a ride to Texas and my brother, um, picked him. My brother was on the way home and just to save on shipping costs, he was driving home, um, a couple of days after the top shelf sale. Anyways, he wound up driving this Cartman Barrow, um, bore, I guess, drove him from Lubbock to Klamath Falls, Oregon, in a dog crate in the back of his truck, like like a full blown hey, nutcase. Not not to mention, but that pig's uh, picture was pretty average, and his video sucked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that that's he, that's why uh, I mean that's why he didn't bring um, you know what what he probably was worth. Uh, he he didn't he didn't take a great picture. Uh, he took a very very average to below average video. Um, and it was really more of just a hunch that, um, that we had on, on getting that thing bought, um, just, just because of how good his brother was really, um, obviously, Man, good I... petty, but kind of wild deal. Just getting that pig bought in the first place. I can, I can seriously tell you, I'm, we were at center street grill. It was six forty-five, seven o'clock. And I was sitting there at dinner and Lexi's like, Hey you got to put the phone down. I'm like, no, there's one more pig, like one more pig. I got to try to get bought. I, I, I mean, it, what, what a wild story. And I mean, no, nobody else, you know, better to get them other than labor, uh, uh, Avery Layton. I mean, what, what a great family, a family that works hard. Um, you know, I mean, they, they are day in and day out grinding. Yeah. That, that family does, does an impeccable job at home and i mean i I, i'd be hard pressed to find other families that um that work harder and i mean i'm not saying there aren't families that work hard but um you know they're in the top one percent in in terms of 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 the effort that they're going to put in into a project and um you know from there from getting that pig home um i guess we'll get into the the story a little bit on um we can get into how he wound up servicing a couple of gilts and sows um, so he was looking the part, absolute gangster of a pig at 7,500 pounds. And, um, I said, Hey, we need to get this pig out to his first show. Uh, you know, he's, he's way too good to be, to be leaving at home when we're going to these jackpots, let's get him out. Um, and I think we took him three weekends in a row. Um, and, and he was grander reserve, um, three, four shows in in a row there. And the, the only one he lost to was um, Avery's other barrow, actually, that had already kind of been on a hot streak and was, was bigger. And so, um, you know, he kind of instantly came out and, and kind of proved himself uh, to be as good as I thought he was, um, which was kind of already in the back of my head. And the, the only problem that he had 
when he was about 120, 30, 40 pounds, uh, when we were still showing him, um, is, is he, he was a boar. I mean, he, he was already wanting to act like a boar. Um, he was starting to be kind of uncomfortable to be around guilts. You know, he would be, uh, you know, grunting and, and arching up his back and hopping on things. And that's, uh, and he started doing that at a young age, right? I mean, he, he was 120 pounds uh, the first couple of times we saw him doing that. Um, and that's kind of what, what planted the seed uh, to, to get him collected and, and to do that deal. And um, I'll tell you, it's, it's just another one of those parts where stars just kind of line up and, and work the way they work. And uh, I had scheduled um, a time for me to come up there and, and look at that, that boar and, and, and talk about getting him castrated and, and maybe castrating him. And uh, I kind of scheduled it around this county fair um, that's a little north of the Laytons. And so uh, I went up there, went to that county, came back down um, to their place, looked at that, that boar and thought, holy smokes, this thing could very, very easily be a boar at a boar stud. Um, looks like that kind of pig. And, and in my head, I, I thought, well, in two days, I'm going to have a bunch of sows and guilt standing. I was like, uh, well, I think we need to make a decision here. And so um, I actually wound up popping them up on a, uh, on a bag of shavings, on a bale of shavings. And um, I, I collected him. I, had, I brought my supplies with me because I knew it was going to be possible. Um, and I got the semen extended there. And I didn't, even, I didn't even look at it. I didn't quality check it or anything. Um, I just took it straight home. And then that bear, that, that boar pig got castrated because I, I said, we bought him for the Royal. That's where he needs to go. Keeping him a boar permanently is not an option. I'm going to take this one collection. And if it's good, great. If it's not good, then, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. And so the next day while he was getting castrated um, and I had that semen here at the house, I checked it under the scope and the sows were standing and everything was a go and, um, and I was like, man, I, I got to get her bred to Game of Thrones litter mate sister. And, um, and that's just kind of, kind of what made that, uh, really, really special, uh, boar pig last night. What an absolute dog. <laughs> I mean, did you, <laughs> how, how many, how many doses were you able to, uh, get extended with, with that one collection? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about 140, 150 pound pig. Uh, his first collection ever, um, and he comfortably made six doses. What yeah, an he, absolute dog! Yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's got that dog in him deep down yeah, inside. So, he's a dog. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I mean, uh, I think if he, you know, with that same collection, you know, if that was a boar that was a little more mature, um, I mean, I think a lot of guys could have probably stretched it and, and thinned that deal out to you know eight, nine, ten doses. I don't think that would be crazy. Um, wound up uh, exposing him to three sows and uh, and we settled two and um and yeah like last night's boar pig was was the outcome of that and then we got a couple more selling tomorrow um that we're real happy with um very good pigs in in our opinion um and and really just a, a one of a kind pedigree obviously um no one Are you going to keep anything back? Uh the the gilts that we're selling we're not selling there they're for lease or double the hammer to, to buy, um, you know, that, I guess when you're a little smaller and you need to make money, pay bills, everything's for sale. 
doesn't necessarily mean it's on sale, but for sale. So, um, you know, if, if the right, uh, right money comes for those, um, those gilts, then obviously we'll sell those. Um, and then we got a boar pig selling tomorrow as well. And, um, I'm kind of hopeful, but maybe someone that wants to keep, keep them intact, um, buys him, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you, you got to cut good boars to win barrel shows. Uh, at least I've always kind of believed that. And I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened with his dad. And so, um, if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. Um, obviously we're going to have those gilts in there. Um, you know, one of a kind, no one in the world can ever duplicate that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, just, just a really, uh, just kind of a unique, unique deal. Um, kind of wild, kind of crazy, but, um, but yeah, yeah, that's what we wound up doing. So Noah, knowing, knowing the information that you've, uh, you've already given us, um, and that pig, you know, being purchased at the top, uh, top shelf sale, um, what, what was kind of the reaction, um, from Mark Gray, uh, you know, the, the gentleman who bred that pig and the guy you bought him from, what, what was his reaction when you maybe told him that you were going to do this and this is kind of what you were thinking? Right. So, um, I mean, another kind of unique part of the story, I guess, um, when, when I initially, uh, did that deal and, and collected him before castration, I mean, obviously we knew that was a good pig. Um, we obviously did not know, or, you know, I didn't imagine it in my wildest dreams that pig would go and win the Royal. Right. And so, um, it's nothing that me and him had talked about before. And I just said, yeah, well, I'm just going to, it's only a couple sales. And if it's good, if it, if it works out, it does, if it doesn't, it doesn't. And, um, uh, basically once, once that pig won, uh, the crossbreds and, uh, the reality started setting in that we're going to be grand or maybe reserve, um, at the American Royal. And, and once that kind of started setting in and, you know, congratulations texts kind of start flowing through, um, you know, I was like, man, I got to tell Mark that I, I bred some, bred some pigs to him. I bred some sows. I was like, I don't know what he's going to say if he's going to think it's awesome or not. Um, but I'm going to tell him anyway. Right. And so, uh, I got on the phone with him right there in Kansas city immediately after he won. And, um, you know, obviously he was excited that, that, that pig of his, his won that show. And obviously I was real pumped up about the deal. And, uh, uh, the conversation went something like this. I, I said, Hey, um, I don't know if you're going to think I'm crazy or not, but, uh, I actually bred a couple sows to him and he kind of chuckled and he's like, wait, what, what, what did you, what did you just say? It's like, yeah, I, I bred some, I bred a couple sows to this boar. I mean, to this barrow that just won. It's like, how, how did, how did you, how did you pull that off? It's like, well, he, he, you know, he was ready to be a boar young and I got him collected and threw him in a couple and they settled and it, it uh, just kind of happened that way. And uh, he paused for a minute. He's like, I don't know if I've ever heard of this type of story happening ever. Um, and he was kind of shocked and um, it's like, man, that is some outside of the box thinking. He's like, I absolutely love it. I think this is, he said, it's, it's crazy. And then, uh, you know, then he just said to keep him updated and, uh, and just kind of let him know how those things turned out. So um, yeah, I mean, it was something that he, he, he was shocked by. And I'm sure when he hung up the phone, he's like, this crazy sob but uh but it's something ultimately uh you know i he, he thought it was pretty cool pretty interesting uh just kind of outside of the box thinking that i, I probably won't won't do again because i doubt that happens the same way but um but yeah that's that's kind of how that conversation went yeah talk talk about uh swinging for a grand grand slam 
and uh, absolutely crushing. I mean, that was not a swing and a miss. So congratulations to you, Steve. Go ahead, man. Well, I think uh, I think it's cool that you that you cut it. Um, Ernest sent my son out a little boar pig that we were going to cut and make a barrow from Austin Lester. And uh, you actually saw that Bonanza. And um, I, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't cut him. I guess we, uh, Austin Edwards came to us and and offered us some money for him. And uh, you know, my kids got to go to college, so so we ended up selling him as a boar after we talked to uh, after we talked to the guy that bred him. And uh, so he's he's going to stud, and and that's that's just how it's going to be. But if we could go, you know, I just think that this story is so cool, but I guess when you answer, what'd you think of that boar pig? And then the second question would be, so when you were going to the Royal, that was Avery showmanship pig. Is that correct? When did you decide that that wasn't the showmanship pig? And then how'd that conversation go? Yeah. So, um, I guess pretty very very interesting uh series of events there um like I said we just got done talking about Cartman for <laughs> for a minute there um when he was younger 150 pounds and less uh, an obviously very special animal um she used him for showmanship uh I think three or four times uh, in the jackpot season and and won with him in showmanship right and so um you know we're, we're talking about having a, a thir- 13 year old girl that wants to win showmanship and, and is still serious about doing showmanship. And so um, obviously she had one ge- very geared up for that purpose. And it just so happened to be uh, uh, one of, if not her best pigs. And so leading into that show, um, you know, and you never know what's going to happen and who's going to stay on, who's not. And so we had three, we had three barrows going to the Royal and and one that we were very, very high on. Um, and then and a pair that, that we thought were very good and could give them a good run for their money. And, and all three did very well there. Um, on the, before putting them on the trailer, um, that barrel was getting a little bound up that week. Um, he, was, he was getting pretty tight from behind, didn't want to move um, as perfectly as you'd like him to. Um, and then when we put him on the trailer, uh, I kind of figured, okay, these other two are moving a little better movements, uh, you know, top priority. And um, I don't know if he's going to be the very best or not. I said, and she was just kind of begging, you know, can I still use him? Can I still use him? Can I still use him? And I was like, yeah, yeah, go for it. It's not going to be a problem. And um, we get to the Royal, we pull him off the trailer and um, they're like, yeah, this pig Cartman, he didn't eat the whole trip. So now he's kind of, bound up a little bit, had a constipation deal, it wasn't eating, that kind of situation. And um, I was thinking, yeah, well, you can use him for showmanship. I don't know if everything's going his way. And um, just like that, he started kind of coming around, started getting him dialed back in, and um, things started turning around for him really fast. And uh, it was actually that morning of showmanship a couple hours before um, she pulled them, pulled all the pigs out and we get to looking at them. Um, and we, we get that one going across the way and in some open space. <laughs> and I instantly said, okay, turn around, put the pig back. Um, I must have been dreaming or not focused or 
something was wrong with me to not think that pig was gonna gonna be the one because uh yeah that morning of showmanship when she was still talking about using him i was like holy smokes it is cut and dry obvious this thing has a chance to win um we would be fools to burn him in showmanship i was like you're you're gonna go ahead put that pig back really fast and and start thinking about who else you're going to use. And so uh, it's not necessarily that I ever underestimated that pig or thought he was bad. It just those those handful of days leading into the Royal, you know, things weren't, weren't just going his way uh, 100%. So you end up winning the middleweights and then, and then you go out for the, for the crossbred drive, you win the crossbred drive. Um, What kind of mindset are you in? Like, is Avery full freak out and, and you guys are back there with the Zerbox also, right? Um, had she, did she already win the goat show? And, or is that, is that the same day was the, like, was this whole thing happen? Because yeah, yeah, that, that deals. I mean, that was awesome for them too. And and obviously congrats to the Zerbax on the goat deal. Um, We had known that they had a good chance there too, and that they were, uh, you know, they brought a very competitive, highly competitive goat. And so um, their show was actually the same time as ours. So we did get some updates on how they were doing. Um, Did not know, you know, what division they had won, that kind of deal. We were kind of worried about uh, the pig show happening, but we knew they were doing good over there. Um. So yeah, he he goes in and and wins his class, um, and then after uh, that that pair of judges um, kind of discussed him. I was like, "Holy smokes, this thing has a serious chance! Um, like they're going to really consider him here for middleweights." Um, and then he goes back in for the middleweight drive, and, um, and and he gets and gets that done. And and honestly, once he won the middleweights, I just started getting that feeling just with how he looked from the outside of the ring looking in. Um, that that pig had a special glow about him, uh, you know, j- just like most champions do, right? Um, some some pigs are just born that way. They get in the ring and they just glow, and and I think that's what um, that's what that pig was, and that's that's what he looked like. And so um, I started having that feeling that it was possible uh, right there after middleweights, and then um, obviously a little tense going into the crossbred drive. Um, you know, hearts beating a million miles an hour. Uh, full-blown adrenaline and then um, basically once we got that got that nod got that handshake um, you know just just a a lot a lot of emotions and um, for me just a lot of shock a lot of shock and and awe you know for the first that whole first day after uh, being champion cross you just kind of stand there and, and look at each other and go holy moly did we really just do that like is this this is for real like this actually happened um you know, because that that royal show is special to us, and that's that's one that uh, my brother, sister, mom, dad have always loved a lot, and one that I've always liked, um, and kind of put near the top of my priority list to to try to win. So I have one random question: um, Who was the first person to call you and congratulate you after uh, you know the success that day? Um, and as your wife calls him your boyfriend on social media, I want to know <laughs> if he was the first one to call you and tell you how great you were. Oh man, I, that's a hard one for me to even remember. It, um, I, I want to say the first person that I actually talked to um, after he won the crossbreds 
which, um, you know, once you win the crossbreds, it's not guaranteed that you win the whole show, but, you know, you have a pretty dang good chance. Um, I think the first person I talked to after I won the crossbreds was my mom. Um, she wasn't there yet. She 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 hadn't even bought her ticket, but once we knew we were in the big grand drive, then she just bought a ticket and came out. Um, so I think she was actually the first one I talked to, uh, first one to congratulate me. Um, like uh, I, I just I just had a thought. I was like, man, I bet you Pete Pete Gomez <laughs> Gomez Show Pigs was the he first was person the- to call you. He was definitely one of the first people. I could I can tell you he was up there <laughs> as being being one of the first guys that I got to talk to. Yeah. I mean, I hope your you know, your wife, like she she better not be a, the jealous type because you know, Pete does get a lot of your guys' attention, you know, uh, get get a lot of your attention. So I uh, oh, had, yeah. had to had to throw oh, that yeah. out there and ask that question. A ton. So as we're wrapping it up here, um we always do these kind of questions for everyone that, that comes on. Um, our first question is, is what's the best part about chilling on the West coast? Oh man, that, uh, I guess that's a, that's a good question. Um, we really like the West coast show circuit and uh, a group of people that we get to show with, um, because they really do start to become, you know, your, your best friends and, and your no, I don't want to say family cause we don't all get that close, but you see, or at least I see the people that we show against on the West coast. I see them more often than most of my family members, than most all my friends. Um, so even though you might not look, you know, across the way at somebody um, and go, man, that's my best friend. It's like, you two are way closer than you think you are because you see each other every single weekend. Um, and so just building that, that kind of mutual respect for each other and, and just kind of deeper, deep bond with so many people that, that, um, that can do so many things for you, I think is, is pretty cool about showing on the West coast. And, um, you know, obviously for me, at least in Oregon, um, I love, how easy it is to show pigs at jackpots in the spring in good weather and good conditions. Um, it's not like that everywhere. And I know some of those winter shows that we go to get crazy. I know going to CYE, it it is hot. It can be miserable, but you're still there because you love showing pigs, but it, it's a hot and sweaty one. Um, so yeah, being in Oregon, uh, Northern California deal, um, I just like being around the group of people, like the weather, um, just a good time. So we've talked a lot about judging. What three shows do you want to judge anywhere in the country and why? Yeah, I, I read that question really fast and uh, and kind of chuckled because, uh, you know, I think any young judge's dream is is to judge a big one and, and try to try to do some majors and, and things like that. Um, I think just because of what Kansas city, the Royal kind of means to me now, just from a sentimental uh, value standpoint, being the first uh, big show that we're the grand champion at. Um, that one's going to be on the list of, of some, someday wanting to judge that deal. Um, no kid that judges livestock doesn't have Denver on their list. So I'm going to add that one. Um, another show that I've always enjoyed Love the trip, love Colorado, love the snow, even though it's dangerous driving out there. Um, 
yeah, I absolutely love Denver. I uh, would like to see something like that. And then, and then honestly, um, any NSR um, breed show I think would be fun to do, at, at like Expo or Louisville, doing doing one one of the NJSA shows or um, uh, something something like that. I think a beer, uh, I mean a big purebred show, um, would be very enjoyable. Uh, you know, to judge the Duroc Gilts or something at Expo, I think would be would be awesome. Um, so we're we'll put that on the list and just see see if that day ever comes. Uh, if it does, I mean, obviously I'll be more than grateful. If it doesn't, then uh, a guy can dream, right? Absolutely. So um, I think I think we're gonna wrap this up here, man. I I sure sure do appreciate you. Uh, jumping on here and, and taking time out of your your busy schedule and sorry i was kind of in and out and got a got a bunch of things going on but uh i sure do thank you and uh appreciate everything everything you've done and uh you know being a good mentor out there for you know some of the families and kids that you help steve and kyle and... hey no man i appreciate it um it was fun uh, yeah I'm, I'm glad you came on congratulations with everything it's pretty thank cool you, pretty cool deal Thank you. Yeah, it's uh no, it, it it's been great, guys. I'm glad I got the chance to to hop on the podcast. I I, I knew I would never get stopped asking, so I knew we needed to get on and, and and say some things and get um you know get get out in front of you guys with this podcast because it's going to take off soon and and uh, you know have a fun time talking about livestock. You know, it's something we get to do every day, uh, something that all of us enjoy. So no, I, I had a good good time. I think the next person we need to get on this is your mom and dad. We really got to talk about those restaurants and the cooking. Steve, <laughs> I know you're like a big, you know, cook and like to take your own meals and prepare food for everybody. But oh, yeah. I I mean, man, I think I'm going to be the first to say, like, I don't think yours even comes close to the Titans cooking. Like, it is next level, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, all about, I'm all about somebody cooking for me, Isaac. I'm I'm not opposed to it at all. Man, yeah. those beef short ribs are phenomenal. That man, that was the uh, that was the highlight of of my wedding. You know, many people were like, "Man, I like the venue. Wedding was beautiful. You and Michaela are awesome." But the food, the food was incredible. And I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> the food, yeah. the food was the was the shining star of that entire wedding. Yeah, I know it, man. That that uh, the chicken and the and the beef short ribs, like next level we need to we need to get them on and let them talk about their business so all right well i'm signing off steve you finish it up all right see you buddy all right no thanks very much um like everybody else said we appreciate it a bunch yeah. i uh Absolutely. I love that, that you said that we're all pretty much like best friends because none of us would know each other or talk to each other you know outside um, not because of anything, but our past probably wouldn't wouldn't no, never, talk to each never. other. No, there would be no reason in the world for me to know uh, a guy raising. I mean, having some pigs um, at his county in, in Calaveras. You know, I mean, there'd be no reason um, if it weren't for the show pig deal. Same thing with you know Kyle and Napa. It's uh, one of those deals. Our, our paths will never cross naturally. So, pretty pretty yeah. neat deal. Uh, but yeah, had a blast, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off and uh, and uh, hopefully I can try to sell some pigs tomorrow. Perfect. See you later. All righty, guys. Take care.
Sold out 3,500. Thank you from Livestock Live. Have a great day.